Welcome to the Keeping Kids Safe podcast. My name is Karen Cohn. I am the co-founder of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety. This is your number one resource for all things related to your child's emotional, physical, and social well-being. Now I'd like to introduce my co-host and my friend, the executive director of the Zach Foundation for Children's Safety, Megan Ferraro. Hi, Megan. Hi, good morning, Karen. How are you? Doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm fully recovered from COVID. So glad to hear that. I know. After two and a half years, we finally got... Actually, I still do sound a little sick, but I'm, I'm almost better. Um, after two and a half years, we finally got COVID in our household and everyone got sick. <laughs> yeah. That's so challenging. Yes. But we all got healthy just in time to come up to Stamford, Connecticut for our first Zach camp since August 2019. It was so much fun. And I loved having your kids there. I know the first time that I have ever had my kids in Zach camp, it was such a good experience. So great for them and so great for us. Yeah. So we have not ever done a really focused Zach Camp episode since we started the podcast because we haven't had a Zach Camp since 2019. So I thought we would spend this episode really talking about Zach Camps, talking about why Zach Camps are held at Boys and Girls Clubs and, you know, how the intersection of the Boys and Girls Club mission and the Zach Foundation mission um, come together so nicely. Yes. It's a great idea and we can talk about our week and how great it felt to all of us to be running these camps and seeing the, the kids smiles on their faces and the light in their eyes when they're at camp. Yes, definitely. So why don't you start by telling us how Zach Camp started? So when we began our research after we saw that the Virginia Grand Baker Pool and Spa Safety Act was passed. We thought, okay, well, how can we make an impact and what should we do from here? And initially, you were a part of this too. Initially, we were looking to, to run, uh, to really implement some curriculum in schools and as we started to do our research, we realized that it was going to be a heavy lift for that. And so we went back to the drawing board and kind of went, we looked at, okay, well, who's drowning the most? And we saw that minority children are drowning at at least three times the rate of non-minority children. And so we knew that Boys and Girls Club most they, they reach those kids most in communities. And so we reached out to our local Boys and Girls Club and they were willing to pilot this program that we were thinking about having. And the program is targeted for children between the ages of five and nine years old. And we felt that it was, it was a start for introducing water safety for those kids and their families and drowning prevention. That's right. And so that was in what year? 
20, our first camp was run in 2011. And then, you know, walk us through what that means. So when we talk about Zach camp, can you try to bring that to life for our listeners? Yes. So we try to make it a true camp experience. So we bring the kids in on the first day and we target, we target a hundred kids per camp. And sometimes we have more and we divide them up into their, into three groups based on their age. And we put them all together and we welcome them and we, we run an Olympic like opening ceremony and we bring in our philosophy of the importance of a whole community approach to drowning prevention. And so what that means is we want to, we need to involve all the stakeholders in a community for drowning prevention. And so the opening ceremony includes first responders, elected officials, and of course, local media, because we want them to be there so that they can spread the message into the community so that families, even if they're not attending the camp, are aware of what's happening. And they think of, and it, it helps them to think about how they can keep their families safe around water in their community. And so we try to include in our curriculum local swimming risks, um, depending on the geographic area that they're located in. So if they're near open water, whether it's a lake or it's an ocean or it's even canals, we see that in Florida, that we want to make sure that we incorporate that into the lessons that we give for that week. And so we bring the kids in, we have this opening ceremony, we welcome the kids, we divide them up into their groups And then they go into either a classroom or they go into a, uh, into the pool or they go into the, a session with the first responders and the first responders, there's a different one there each day. We have either the police fire EMS, and oftentimes we even incorporate the American Red Cross. They'll come in and they'll give a lesson during the week as well to also be safe around the water. And we ha- what we do is we ask the first responders to bring their trucks so that the kids can come and they can climb on the trucks. They can turn on the sirens. They can um, talk through the loudspeakers and just, we want it to be really fun for them. But then they also have some time where the first responders are giving their own lesson on how to be safe as well as incorporating drowning prevention. And this, is, this piece is really important because we find for those children that are in inner cities, they don't have good experiences with first responders and they are oftentimes afraid. And so we want them to have a positive interaction in a non-emergency situation so that if they are ever faced with an emergency, they're not afraid to approach a first responder. And so that that is the third piece of what we have for the camp. In the classroom, we use a curriculum from our book called The Polar Bear, who couldn't, wouldn't swim. And we go through the A, B, C's and D's of water safety. So we try and make it simple and incorporate all of those important lessons around drowning prevention and water safety for the kids. That's right. And my kids enjoyed their Zach Camp experience so much. And I think one of their favorite parts of the week was our special guest that we had come on Monday. (gasps) 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. So Rowdy Gaines, who is a Zach Foundation board member, but is also a Olympic gold medalist. Um, he also announces the um, the swimming for NBC for the all the competitive stuff. So the Olympics and the you know world the World Series and all the national and international tournaments for NBC. And it's he's really brings so much energy and life to everything that he does. Um, but my kids got to meet him for the first time, and they got to swim with him. They were so excited to spend that time with him and to learn from him. Which is so great. And oftentimes we have found that the we, we have been able to, in some of the clubs throughout the country, if they have a local s- swimmer, they can have them come and who has either been um, a national competitor or even an Olympic gold medalist like Rowdy, they will bring them in and off and have a the opportunity to get into the, they get in the water with the kids and they talk to the kids about how important it is to be safe in the water and to learn how to swim. And they could also aspire to be an Olympic, Olympic gold medalist swimmer as well. Absolutely. It's so inspiring for the kids to see someone who, you know, often has a, a really interesting story and, and shares that story with how, you know, they overcame adversity and, and really, tried something new and became, you know, a gold medalist. <laughs> right. Just like Rowdy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's the other piece of it too. There are these indirect benefits that we get to running the camps. And that's if a child is afraid of the water after a couple of days, they're willing to get in and overcome that fear. And that's a great life lesson. There's also the kids, if they have the opportunity to have this positive interaction with first responders. They too might want to be a policeman or a fireman um, or an EMT when they grow up. And so all of these things are good lessons for the kids to see. They are. And, and we saw quite a few kids this week who were afraid to get into the water and who were afraid to even consider learning to swim, but they overcame their fear and, got into the water and we're hoping, um, you know, that we can help continue their swimming lessons so that they can reach water competency, right? That doesn't happen during one week of Zach camp, but it's a really important way to introduce kids to why it's so important that they take those swimming lessons and why it's so important that they kind of understand the A, B, C, and Ds of water safety. Yeah, you could definitely feel on the first day some of the anxiety that the kids were having uh, as they were holding on to the side of the pool and um, not feeling comfortable to swim away. Mm-hmm. But the instructors are so incredible that they can engage them in a way where they can trust them and feel comfortable enough to take those lessons. Absolutely. And we also had lots of um local elected officials and national elected officials that came out to Zach camp this week, which we were so excited to see. I mean, there's so many really um, motivating young people in the Connecticut legislature that came out, which was so nice. And then um, your U S rep Jim Himes was able to come to camp and the mayor of Stanford. And really it was so exciting to see that. It really was. Yes. And there engagement and dedication to the Boys and Girls Club kids is so great. 
and so important. It is. It is. And so when we think about, you know, what's next after a Zach camp comes into a community, can you talk a little bit about what we've done in some of our Zach camp sites where we bring the American Red Cross Centennial campaign in? Yes. So after we were running our camps for a couple of years and we established our national partnership, we felt like we weren't being true to our mission because everyone needs to learn how to swim. And after a week, you can't learn how to swim. It's just not enough time. And so in 2014, the American Red Cross um, launched their centennial campaign to reduce drownings throughout the country. And they have this very comprehensive program that we thought would be important to bring in, which includes Learn to Swim for kids as well as adults, a parent education program for drowning prevention and water safety. It includes CPR training, water safety instructor training, junior lifeguarding, as well as lifeguard training. And it's so important. Um, and also really just it incorporates having a safe swimming facility. They'll come in and they'll talk to the lifeguards that you currently have in place and the aquatics management and have a conversation about what it is that they're doing great and things that they can improve to make their pool setting safer. It's really an incredible program. And and we've seen lots of positive unintended outcomes Um, in some of the facilities that we've operated this program in over the last seven years, um, they've started junior lifeguarding programs. Swim teams have been created in boys and girls clubs that didn't previously exist. So when we think about this whole community approach, I mean, the outcomes really go so much further than we ever could have imagined. Yeah, one of the other indirect benefits that we were hearing, and we hear it all the time, but we always forget to talk about it. And that's where we even have the counselors that are participating in the camp and they think about, oh, you know, we've had some, um, we've had some people who were non-swimmers and these are young adults and they decide to put themselves in swim lessons and learn how to swim. We have other people that are taking these lessons and bringing them home to their families and sharing that with us throughout the week, which is also great. It actually, you're, you're reminding me of one of the counselors on Wednesday morning who said that, You know, she was talking about some of the kids who were afraid to be in the water and overcame that fear. But then she started talking about how a lot of her siblings don't know how to swim and how she was going to bring, you know, the Zach Camp messaging home to them and try to figure out how to get them into swimming lessons. So we're so excited to see that develop and evolve. And then actually one of the folks from the Boys and Girls Club who saw how powerful what we're doing is, is talking now about becoming a water safety instructor through the American Red Cross. And and it's just so exciting to see not only are we inspiring all these children and their families, but also the folks that they work with on a day-to-day basis and creating, you know, more engagement in water safety and drowning prevention, because so many times we hear and we know we see and we feel that there's a lifeguard shortage. There's a WSI shortage, actually not to brag, but Karen, you were just published in the Chicago <laughs> Tribune yesterday, um, you and Bill Ramos, you know, an article really talking about the fact that drownings are preventable, but that there's a lifeguard shortage that needs to be, you know, fulfilled to help us prevent these tragedies from happening and really so excited. So if you're in the Chicago area or you're in an area where they have the Chicago Tribune, 
I guess it'll be a couple of days old before you guys hear this, but pick up a copy. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And if you get any extras, send them to us. (laughs) Please. (laughs) So, you know, we know that um, it's going to take time to kind of fill this lifeguard and WSI shortage, but that putting some of these strategies in place will help us do that for the future. It's creating a pipeline, right? As the way we think about it. Absolutely. Yes. And I think I have a bunch of future lifeguards to join your son, Henry. Uh, My kids loved being at Zach camp. They loved learning about water safety from someone other than me. (laughs) And and team this summer. Pardon? And they spent the summer on swim team. And they spent the summer on swim team, but they, you know, um, got to spend some time with your kids this week and learned so much about being a responsible teenager and, you know, wow, how cool that Henry's a lifeguard. Maybe that's something I could do one day. So I think he's, um, was a re- setting a really good example for them this week. So exciting. Yeah. Great to get them together. It too. was fun. It was so fun. Oh my gosh. Um, so some Pokemon play. I mean, what almost 18 year old boy will play Pokemon with a five-year-old? I mean, an actual saint. So that was (laughs) fulfilled Teddy's dreams all week because he was just constantly looking at me and looking at Millie saying, Pokemon, Pokemon. And we were like, oh, again. (laughs) So that was so exciting for them. And I also loved having a five-year-old around like, who reminded me so much of how Henry used to be (laughs) so funny. And so, you know, not even realizing how funny he actually is. Endless energy though. (laughs) I mean, just filling the room. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a good, um, it was a really good week and we're going to go down to the Jersey shore this weekend and spend some time at the beach and at the pool. And we'll be following all of the safety tips that we talk with you about. So um, in addition to packing 17 million things, we're also going to be packing our water safety skills. And when we're in the pool, we'll be, you know, within arm's reach of our non-swimmers and we'll be keeping close eye on our older two who swim well. Um, And when we're at the beach, we're going to be parking our chairs in front of a lifeguard stand and we'll be checking those flags daily before we head out to the water. And make sure that you are only there while the lifeguards are there. That's right. Every beach is a little bit different. Typically, the hours are 10 to 5, um, but every beach is different. Sometimes it's a little earlier, sometimes a little later. Um, But for us, we head right to the lifeguard chairs when they open, and we check those flags each day. They could be green, they could be yellow, they could be red, or sometimes double red. Um, We often see that in, in August or in, you know, September when we're seeing some hurricane activity. Um, but this summer we saw some, you know, rip currents happening in June. So we really can't ever keep our eyes off of those flags and pay attention to them. If those flags are green, it generally means that the water is calm and safe for you to swim in it. If it's yellow, it means that there's rough waters and you really do need to be careful anytime you enter the water, no matter what your age is, whether you're a child or an adult. Um, and if those flags are red, they are red because... Just like you learned when you were a kid, stop. Red means stop. And that really is true in the ocean. You really, it's so unpredictable and the waters can be so rough. And even if you're a strong swimmer in the pool, it doesn't translate to the ocean. So just remember if you find yourself in a rip current, 
um, that you flip onto your back, that you float and you follow the current until you're out of harm's way and try to stay calm, right? Try to remember that stop, drop and roll helps you during a fire, just like flip, float and follow will help you if you find yourself in a rip current. Yes. And sometimes, you know, what ends up happening is you can swim out of that rip current if you swim parallel to shore. And then you can swim on a bit of a, an angle to get out of it. So, you know, try to remember those things. And, you know, what's most important is to be aware of your surroundings. We often have seen where there is signage um, around open bodies of water telling you whether you should or shouldn't swim in those areas and make sure you look for those. You know, oftentimes we're distracted and we're not paying attention or looking at our phones, but make sure you lift your head up and you look around before you go in the water. It's so your safety is number one. Yes. We want you to have fun, right? Um, Our message of of the summer, I think has been swimming should be joyful, but we want to keep it safe. And that's true. Whether you're in open water, if you're in a pool, a river, a lake, you know, making sure that you have a properly fitted Coast Guard approved life jacket and, you know, trying to just really talk to your kids about water safety. We were at your house the other day, Karen, and you have only older kids, but I was so impressed that when everyone was done swimming, you, Henry did it automatically, but all the toys were removed from the pool the cover was closed. I mean, you, even though you don't have little kids in your house, you're still taking all of those safety precautions that those of us with young kids that we may not have even thought about it, really making sure you're removing the toys from the pool area, that you're closing those doors and those gates out to the pool area, that you're covering the pool if you have one, and that you're talking to your kids about the fact that swim time is over and we only swim during planned swim time with an adult supervising us. And so trying to remember those when you're around water, when you're gathering with friends, if you're visiting someone with a pool, really taking those safety precautions and doing it in a way that's fun so that your kids aren't scared, but ensuring that they know the rules, right? Kids crave rules and boundaries. They want to know what they can do. They want to know what is pushing the boundaries. And if you create those rules for them and you reinforce them, your kids will, they will listen. It not always the first time, but, (laughs) but they do like routine and they do like rules and they do like knowing where their boundaries are. So if you can remember that and try to stay focused on that, um, you will have a safe and joyful summer. That's very true. Very true. I hope that you and your family and all of the families out there have a safe rest of your summer. And if you are traveling, please remember those safety tips that we talked about today. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would please um, rate, review and subscribe to our podcast and share with your friends and family. We would be so grateful. And with that, have a great week and we'll talk with you soon.